Yeah, easy for you to say, Wayne. It's a great morning for you because you sat right here at this desk on Friday and you all but guaranteed your Packers would win easily at my Cowboys. And you were so right. And I was so wrong to even remotely trust Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as seven and a half point favorites at Jerry World where they had only won 16 straight games. Yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys got exposed as gutless, heartless, leaderless playoff frauds. Flawed frauds. That was by far the most shocking and devastating and humiliating playoff loss in Dallas Cowboy history. My lowest moment ever as a lifelong diehard Cowboy fan. Not your typical fall on your face. This was all time, all time. (sighs) I threw all my Cowboy gear in the trash last night and it will stay there. Mike McCarthy has to go today. His replacement has to be, to me, Jim Harbaugh, not Bill Belichick. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. And there is no way Dak Prescott deserves a big contract extension now. Not after throwing two first-half interceptions, one a pick six, that led to Green Bay 27 to nothing before halftime, before halftime. Not after... Dak Prescott got into it early with CD and somehow made him mad. I didn't see that coming. Jordan Love is so much better than Dak. I'd love to see if Trey Lance can turn into Jordan Love. Now, would you believe I hope defensive coordinator Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job? Now I'm not so sure he will because how do you sell 27 to nothing? How do you sell 48 to 16 with six minutes left in the game? Micah Parsons, he's so overrated. He had the worst pass rush game of his entire career yesterday. Only one pressure, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, one solo tackle, and one assist. Are are you kidding me? January 14, 2024, a day that will live in cowboy infamy. Okay, but enough from me. Let's see what Michael Irvin and Richard Sherman think. Michael, please, you first. Can you talk me off the ledge? What in the name of Jimmy Johnson happened to our Cowboys yesterday? (sighs) Listen, this was hard. This was was a hard one. This was a hard one. Even watching it. And I, I, I would have to sum it up first and say this was a coaching spanking on both sides of the ball. Mm. I mean, Mike McCarthy took a coaching spanking. Dan Quinn took a coaching spanking. There is no getting around it. There's no getting around it. I, I, I look at this and I say, wow, you had four teams defending their home turf this weekend. Houston, Said to Cleveland, who no. everybody had favorite, no. not in our house. Not in our house. Not on no. our watch. No. Nope. Not in our city. So Kansas City stood up and said, I know what we went through all year, but not in our house. Not in our house. We're not dropping one pass. Not in our city. No. Nope. Not on our watch. Mm. Detroit who a lot of people had, the Rams including me, going in and beating Detroit. They said not in our house. No. Not on our watch. Not in our city. Preach. And then Dallas. The most recognizable. Mm. (laughs) The best franchise in the world. The most valuable franchise in the world. And I get a head coach that says, we were not ready to play. Unacceptable. At that place, at that moment, right then, right there, say we were not ready to play is unacceptable. You cannot say, how, how are you not ready to play in this game with everything on the line? You got home field advantage. You won 16 straight games at home 
and you show up and do that. That was all out coaching. Started out with you get an offsize that turns into a touchdown. Now, we could have had a field goal. Stop to a field goal, but it turns into a touchdown. You come back on a special team blunder, we get a pass interference with yeah. the fair catch. Mm. It's like, then we catch a punt in the five or six yard line. Like, what is going what, on? What is that? All of this is discipline stuff. All of this says you're not ready to play a football game that there's no way in the world you should not have been ready to play. That's why this is so disappointing. To go in there, and I, I skip, I told you guys, I said, I was, I'm worried about this. If this team jumps out early, it's Armageddon. You said and that's that exactly what happened. Was Once Armageddon. they jumped out, they turned around and handed that ball off, and there was nothing you can do. What irks me to death, I can take you losing a game. I cannot take you have three people in the National Football League. I mean, I didn't see anybody around these three guys. Musgrave down the sideline. There was nobody in sight. It's like everybody bust, left the bust, field. Bust. It, it was, it was, it was, you, you see Dobbs running wide, wide open, open, wide open. These are design plays that they have studied your defense and come up with just, just, and, and dominated it. They, they, they hit those areas and they dominated. And this, there was no answer for anything. When they ran the football, Skip, there were gaping holes. These were not somebody squeezed through, somebody ran over somebody and made hard yards. There were gaping holes. Buffalo gaping all holes. over. It was, mm -hmm. it, 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 and then you, I walked away saying, there's no way you retool. There's no way you do this again. There's no way, no way. you do this again. There's something has to happen here. I can't believe that the Dallas Cowboys took that game and played that way at that time. That's unacceptable. <sighs> Skip, Irv, I hate to be the one. All year, I was called a hater, cowboy hater. Sherm, you're just a hater. You just hate the Cowboys. You hate the Cowboys. And I told you I was just being realistic. I was trying to save you and your fans from this kind of disappointment because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, but expecting a different result. Skip, for the last 28 years, they have done this. This team has done this. So well, not, until not a like team that, proves, but they've done this, but uh, not uh, that. You all, yeah. Well, Skip, well, you, you, you asked for a historic season. You asked for a historic ending, Skip. That's yeah, what you asked for. One. And they yeah. gave you a historic ending. Yeah. They gave you the most points ever given up in the history of this franchise. They mm. gave you the first team in the history of the National Football League to lose to a seventh seed. First so you ever. asked for history, and that is what you, mm -hmm. what, what you received. And I tried to tell you, and unfortunately, this team, this team hurts you worse than your worst enemies ever could, Skip, because they took you to the top of the mountaintop. They wow. said, hey, at home, at least at home, we are unbeatable. We're going to convince our fans that we cannot lose at home. So if we get home games, our fans are going to have no doubt whatsoever we're going to win this game. And then they took you to the top of Mount Everest, and then they dropped you on a bed of nails. And that's unfortunately what they did. But throughout the season, they have shown the propensity to do this. They have, they have disappointed in just about every big game that they faced where, where the expectations were high, where there, were, there was something on the line. There was a winning team on the other side. Outside of the Philadelphia Eagles game at home and the, and the Seattle Seahawks game at home, yep. they have disappointed, really. And, and this game, it showed every one of their flaws. Your big-time players didn't show up in big-time moments. People always ask, what makes great players great? It's the playoffs. Right there. It's the playoffs, unless they don't get there. You know what I mean? Some teams, some players never get to the playoffs, so they never get to show that. But in the playoffs, that's what separates the really good players from the greats, the elites, the, the gold jacket-wearing Michael Irvins of the world. Yep. It's when you get to the playoffs, do you show up in a big game in a big way? And your defense, if you want to be number one in the world, you're number one in those playoffs, and you make the plays that you have made all season during those moments to get your team where they need to go. And they didn't. Winners focus on winning. 
they consistently focus on winning. They focus on what they can do better. They focus on what, what, how they, their team can improve. Losers, though, they focus on winners. And throughout this t- season, your team has focused on the winners. They, they focused on the Philadelphia Eagles, who went to the Super Bowl last year. You hear Jerry Jones, Philadelphia Eagles. We're, I'm watching the Philadelphia Eagles game against this. I sure do hope the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I'm, I'm watching San Francisco, and I sure did like how that looked. But you're not focused on the food on your plate. No. And that's where, you, where they need to get back to. So everybody else can get the blame, but Jerry Jones is just as distracted. And like Irv said, they, they were out coached on both sides of the ball. Oh, Give Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry a ton of credit. They came up with incredible game plans. They did. And, and the first touchdown the Dallas Cowboys got in the first half, I mean, it was a false start. It that should have been wiped start. off the board immediately. It was. So, we tried to prepare you, Skip. I did not see C.D. Lamb having a rough first half like he did. And he and Dak Prescott being off in the way they were. I don't even what? understand that. That seems like something what? more off the field. I, 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 Irv can speak to this, but anytime you and your quarterback, I, I think Man. that C.D. Lamb has some of the best demeanor for a receiver that I've seen in the National Football League. He's, he's calm. He's even keeled. Things going great. He's the same. Things going bad. He's the same. He doesn't, he doesn't get super demonstrative. Give me the ball, yada, 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 yada. He may ask for it later on after the game behind closed doors, but he never shows his quarterback up, his coach up. He does a great job. And in this game, you saw a little bit of the body language. You saw a little bit of the, like, what are we doing? What are, what are you doing, Dak? Like, why, why, what, how, how do you miss that? You know, where, where he's looking at him and he's kind of like, what, what are we doing? And I've never seen that. And then you hear Dak kind of having those conversations with him. So I hope somebody really explores that later on and it gets to the bottom of what happened there because I didn't understand that. But the bad thing, Skip, is next year, no matter what happens, you can fire the whole staff, you can do whatever you want, you're going to get worse because you're losing Tyron Smith, you're losing Biotis, you got to pay C.D. Lamb 30-plus million, you got to pay Micah Parsons 30-plus million, you got to have to pay Dak 50-plus million. We don't want to hear it. We're, we're, I'm we're just still- saying, I'm, I'm we're, we're reeling, Richard. We're reeling. I, I can't even let my mind go there. I'm like Jerry after the game. He, he couldn't even think about tomorrow because he said he was so fixated on next Sunday's home game. That's where I was. That's kind of where I still am. I can't get out of it because, remember, this is the first time in NFL history a team has gone 12-5 and five, three straight years and not made it to an NFC championship game. As you point out, Richard, it's the first time a seven seed has ever won a playoff game. It's the first time a two seed ever lost in the wild card round. And they didn't just lose. It was 48 to 16 with six minutes to go in the game. And what tears my guts out this morning is just remember, Richard, you were down on CD early, and then CD said, okay, Richard, watch this. I'm not a fringy number one. I'm the guy. I'm, I'm number one. And over the last 12 games, there was no more lethal combination than Dak to CD. And remember, going into yesterday, we had the number one offense in the league. And remember, going into yesterday, we had the fifth best defense in the league that led the league in quarterback pressures that got next to none yesterday and didn't sack Jordan Love one time. Just remember, we had the best special teams. We had the best kicker, the best punter, the best returner. And we were a nightmare yesterday. We looked like an uncoached wreck yesterday from the start. And back to Michael's first point. No could, could we please show that this is, no remember, fight. we get it down to third and, and five and we have a chance on their opening drive. They took the ball. They, they won the toss, and God bless them. They just said, watch this. And as Jordan Love said after the game, we came here with the mindset to dominate, and they did. They took the ball and ran it and threw it right down our throats, but it's third and five, third and goal at the five, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, we got ch- if we just hold them to three here, maybe we can sort of stop the bleeding and, and maybe get our, our legs back underneath us. And our leader on defense, our our most veteran player on defense, Demarcus Lawrence, if we could see it, jumps offside. It's like this is what you don't want to see because it Mm. says we're not ready. It says we're poorly coached because, remember, the Dallas Cowboys also led the league in another category, 
penalties. They are the most penalized team. And as Michael said, they turn it right around. And on the, the next punt, they go down and, and create commit such a stupid penalty on the punt. And you're saying you're just not ready to play. Sam Williams. Yeah, right. Sam Williams. Like, Sam Williams, well, what are you doing? Okay, that's the, the touchdown early. And this is the false but, start. Here's the false start on Tyler Smith, who, by the way, was the most penalized player in all of college football his last year at Tulsa, and he has been a mistake maker. But he's a great player, Michael. He made first-team All-Pro, voted by the players. So did Zach Martin. And where were they? I I don't know. I don't know. Right. But but listen, I can take some of Tyler holding. Because yeah. I like how Tyler plays. Yeah, okay. It's all them other jokers that yeah. make it penalties that yeah. ain't making all pro. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll take it all pro and his penalties because he's all pro. But them other jokers, come on, man. And I, 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 my whole thing, Sherm, is how at this moment do you show up at that game in that mentality, with that mentality? C.D. Lamb has been... Everything to this offense. When they took him out, they're like they had nowhere to go. No understanding of what to do. And if more people are on C.D. Lamb, which it was, somebody else should be open. And if they can't get open, then I need a co- I need a coach to scheme something to help them get open. And none of that happened. None of that happened. So it's not you came in, you were not ready. You couldn't make any adjustments to get you going then what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, because obviously I, I this know. is not the situation. No, no, it's not the situation. And, and it's killer instinct. It's killer instinct. That's what it comes down to in these playoffs. It's, the the Green Bay Packers were so young and so, so oblivious to the situation that everything is just routine for them. I'm sure LaFleur talked to him like that. He got his young guys hyped up. He said, hey, it's just another game. Go out there and do what you've done all season. Catch the ball. We'll, we'll get you open passes defensively. Let's get some stops. Jair Alexander fought to play in this game, made huge plays. Darnell yeah. Savage, they saw how predictable this Texas Coast offense is. Right. It's incredibly predictable. And I knew that in the playoffs, it, w- it would bite you in the butt. How many times have you seen C.D. Lamb line up in the slot? It's a three-by-one formation, and they run all slants on second and two, third and two, third and three, third and four. It's the same plays over and over out of the same position, same formation. And you get away with it during the regular season. But in the playoffs, when coaches got nothing else to study no. but your tape right. and what you do, you have to find another way to beat them. You have to find creative ways to get to the things you love to do. You can't do them in the same routine ways. And if you can, then that just shows how dominant you are. Because some teams can. Some teams know what you, hey, you know but what my best shot is? You know they don't what? have those guys. They don't, that, that's how we want. You don't have those players. That's why I need someone to make a design to help these guys get open. We were running five route, Sherm. I don't care if you knew we were running it. We're running 17 back to 15. Jay would tell him Michael's running a five route. You can't stop it. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. Troy's going to throw it. I'm going to catch it. We're going to run it. They don't have this. So now I need you to come up with something else. And that's why I say it was a coaching spanking. Mm. That's the reality yeah, but, of but, what happened. I did. I, I, now Savage, he Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, he baited Dak on that interception. Did you see? He rolled with the, he rolled with the first slant and then jumped to the second. That was nothing but a bait. He was waiting on it because he had watched the, the body language and the actions of C.D. Lamb all day. He knew they wanted to get him the football. Right there, I can't right. put that play in any kind of a harm's way because I know they know we're trying to get our guy the football. They're looking at the body language. That was an easy pickup in a read. I was like, come on, man. Give me a better play. This is the play I want you rolling outside. Don't throw garbage inside. This is too crucial of a drive and too crucial of a moment for us to be having. And, you, should, you needed a, a better coaching drive than that. But, but sometimes it, it's the Jimmys and Joes. Like, I understand coaching can be better. No question about it. You can call better plays. But sometimes it comes down to the Jimmys and Joes. When we were in Seattle playing defense, you knew what we was running. We were running either man, three, or if it's third down, and we're running loose, too. If it's third and long, we're running loose, too. We're running about three or four coverages. That's it. 
It's on tape. We're not really trying to disguise it that much, but we know when you come into town, you know exactly what we're doing, but we're better than you. We're better than you in every way. Chris Clemens, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, the right. front, my, Brandon Mebane, the linebackers, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, all world players. And then you got Cam Earl, myself, uh, Brandon Browner, freaking Derby Lane. You got so many players that show up that are killers in their own individual right. And you guys just don't have don't real have killers. No. Your best player is Micah Parsons, <laughs> right. and he is not a killer. And he's not a killer, and he hasn't been a killer. Never been a killer. Right. He hasn't got to be that promise made one man to the other. Each man is for the other. I'm going to get my job done. Yeah. Even, you, you know, and, and we don't have that commitment made to each other to even be on the football field. But, but. But I keep hearing comparisons to LT from from this, from everybody, pat this kid on the back, and he deserved a lot of it. First team all pro, first two years. But in these big moments against San Francisco last year, this year, first round, you know, you didn't even get to the divisional. I didn't even get to do my dance and say divisional and done. Now I got to come come up with a whole nother song with Wayne. One and done, one and done, you know, and all this other stuff. Like I was supposed to be in studio when y'all lost. Yeah, Richard. Even you thought we would win that game yesterday. You told us so all year. Be careful, be careful. But you thought we'd beat Green Bay because I'm pretty sure you picked Dallas to beat Green Bay, right? Yeah, I, 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 I said the same thing Irv said. If they get ahead on you earlier, and I said the same thing on my podcast, that's their only chance. If they get ahead early and they put the plant the seed of doubt in your head, then you know Dak Prescott has only been put out of the playoffs by a couple teams. And one of them is the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. The other is the San Francisco 49ers. So I knew if they got ahead early, they would plant that seed of doubt and have your boys panicking and potentially have a chance to walk away with the win. I did not see them blowing you out. I thought you would. You, you guys would show no. up in a bigger way. But who saw I, that? I couldn't Except have saw maybe that. Maybe Jordan Love. I don't know. Right. Just, yeah. just remember, this was the all time case of America's team turning into America's tease, as in teasing us, taking us right to the brink where it looked like it was meant to be. Michael and I kept saying, the Jimmy curse is broken. I don't know, maybe there's a Jerry curse. I don't know, because we had it in the palms of our hands. We had back-to-back home playoff games that we should have won. Whoever would come next week, you know, whoever it would be, we could beat them at home. We could beat Green Bay. We could beat Detroit. We could beat Tampa if they win. And finally, we'd at least get back to our first NFC championship game in 28 years. Philadelphia collapsed right on time to hand us the division. We had it. We had it. And, and then we didn't have it because this wasn't the typical Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen. This wasn't the typical Cowboys do Cowboys things. This was 27 to nothing before halftime. I'm, I'm in shock. Jerry's in shock. Jerry said, I'm floored. I was on the floor last night in the first half saying, what the hell was this? I've never seen it. Well, it's, it's such a disgrace that nobody saw coming. Go ahead. Skip, that, that trash can at your house in your yeah. kitchen played better defense on you than Skip. your defense did on the Green Bay Packers, Skip. Yeah, it but, it but at least you got a few stops. You know, that, <laughs> that, that was one take last night, and I did not miss. I fired every piece of my cowboy paraphernalia. I didn't miss, and it's only about this big around. And I just went swish, swish, swish because I was on fire about how they weren't on fire. Okay. Well, poor, poor Ernestine. Poor Ernestine. Yeah, she did it. She did it again. Way to go. She's a trooper. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew 
soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Okay, it's your turn, and I am dreading it this time. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet. Time for Undisputed. Meltdown in three, two, one for Skip and Michael. Oh, look at them go grab Get popcorn. popcorn and just ready. enjoy. That's oh, exactly on, what just Get happened. popcorn ready. Yeah. You got us. You got us. I was hurt. All right. Next tweet from Mr. Parker. Richard Sherman at 9.33 Eastern Time on Undisputed. That brother just got yeah. his teeth clean right there, boy. He making sure. Got his teeth clean. Uh, <laughs> I was cheesing out. I just want to tell you the truth. They, they can't handle the truth. Yeah, we, we got our teeth cleaned by the Packers. Yet. Right. That's pretty cool. Right yeah. And finally from Al Mata. No Mason crossbar, no Dez catch robbery, just a straight butt kicking with a picture of Michael and I and the commercial we made at the funeral. And yesterday we both went to our own cowboy funeral and we're still there. That was yeah, I even wore your cowboys colors today I, I did did for the occasion to make sure. Right. I'm, I'm in all it. black. I'm at Which my own right. funeral attending it. Okay. Back to what happened. Dak dropped another playoff stink bomb in yesterday's first half. He threw for only 87 yards with two interceptions. One, of course, a pick six as the Cowboys fell behind 27 to nothing. So, Michael, do you still want Jerry to give Dak a contract extension that would make him the NFL's highest paid quarterback? Let me tell you what I don't want, Skip. I want us to retool and get back in the fight. I don't want us to be looking for a quarterback and get knocked all the way out to fight. And you can't go out and say, you're going to be a great quarterback. You're going to be a great quarterback. Or you're going to be a great quarterback. Let's take one of them. You have to develop that quarterback. You have to make sure that quarterback knows how to lead your team. I'm not ready to go back into the abyss of chasing down and trying to find quarterbacks. I know what that was like prior to us getting Tony Romo, getting Tony Romo. You remember all of those Quincy Carters and Drew, all all those guys we brought in. We will not get back into that race. Mm -hmm. So you have a solid quarterback until you can give me something great. We have a quarterback that was in an MVP conversation this year. I'm not getting rid of that quarterback that was in the MVP conversation this year, along with that number 88 and the relationship they have and the union they have, the vibe and the connection they have on the football field. I got to get someone in here that can bring the best out of everybody on that offense and bring an offense that can help everybody. C.D. Lamb can get open no matter what when you give him one-on-one opportunities. But other people need help being open. Dak Prescott may need help seeing things. That's what I love about what Shanahan and and the Sean McVay's and all of these guys do with their quarterback. They help them. They give them easy stuff added on that they can have plays where people are running wide open. I, I want that for Dak Prescott before I say, let me get rid of Dak Prescott and go back in that abyss of a hell hole looking for a quarterback, sir. Okay, but Michael, you want yeah, to go ahead and sign him for four more years, this right? This is the market. Okay. This is the market. You got to. This is the market. This is this what is it the is. And every time you wait, it's only going north. It will never go south. It's not going. That number's not going south because they're not. The owners aren't going to let their money go north. Therefore, for by proxy, the quarterback money will only go north. 
Mm. You, you understand? Right. So we, we're not going to go back down to 45, back down to 40, back down. No. Dak Prescott, you sign him. Somebody's going to jump him next year and then jump him, jump somebody else or jump that person. But we need a quarterback or we're out the game totally. Mm. Yes, see, I'm signing Dak Prescott. See, when, 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 when your quarterback's playing well all season, Skip, and you're hooping and hollering, you, 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 you're sitting there talking about how he threw three, four touchdowns and – Rock the ball down the field against yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. You never think about these moments when it's going to come bite you in the butt because it's going to bite you in the butt because he led the league in touchdown passes. He was top five in a number of categories. He was a top five quarterback all regular season for all intents and purposes, and he played a great game. Played great. He did not play well in the playoffs. Gotcha. But you can do for everything you're saying. Hey, he, he could do this better. He can do this better. Under, on the other side of that coin, understand, you can get a lot worse quarterback place. You can get a lot Whoa. worse. You can never be in this Dude, position. Right. You can be oh. under 500 as a team. You can have, you can do worse than the quarterback that led the league in touchdown passes, Skip. And so when you don't appreciate what you have, then sometimes you've got to learn the hard way. And sometimes you're sitting there like, yeah, let's build our team up. Fire McCarthy. Do all this. Hey, let's get rid of all these guys. Well, you're going to have a chance to do that, Skip. Tyron Smith, he's not under contract right now. Biotish, he's not under contract right now. There's a number of guys. You don't have to bring back uh, uh, Jordan Lewis. Uh, there's a number of guys. You don't have to bring back, but watch how different your team is. You don't want to bring Dak Prescott back? Mm. Watch how different your team would be without him. And then you would be appreciating. You would be wishing. There's a number of teams wishing for Dak Prescott. Let the Atlanta Falcons hear about Dak Prescott being available. I guarantee you they'd be happy. He's done nothing for their franchise. They'd be happy to give him 55-plus million dollars to come quarterback their franchise. There are a number of teams just like them that would pay a lot of money. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for example, they'd pay a lot of money to come see Dak Prescott do what he's done against them in the playoffs for them. And so, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Skip, but you better pay him. Or are you going to be in a lot worse situation going forward? You want to, you want to pay, has, you want to Right. And, and Dak has all control now here. He, you can't, you can't tag him. You can't tag him. Or, or you know what I mean? So, so you, you, and you can't trade him. So you either do business with him or let him walk. And you can't let him right. walk. Okay. Let him walk. I told both of you guys and Keyshawn all year very long, I just don't trust him in the postseason. I never wavered. I was stuck with him, so I can't help but root for him because I'm diehard lifelong. I, I can't help it. I, it. It is what it is. And he did play much better this year with McCarthy calling plays than he played last year. But I kept telling all of you guys, I'm spoiled. I come from a very different place than Michael comes from when he talks about the Cowboys. I, I know what it was like to watch Don Meredith throw to bullet Bob Hayes. I know what Roger Staubach brought to this franchise because he was the greatest winner I've ever been around this side of Tom Brady. One of the great leaders in the history of the game. He transformed our franchise. He invented, created the Hail Mary, named it, nicknamed it the Hail Mary. He pulled out one game after another after another. He could be trusted the most in the biggest moments. And I know what Troy Aikman brought to this franchise because nobody knows better than the man sitting across from me right now. When it was time, Troy played. When it was time for 8 to 88, I could trust it. I could take it to my emotional bank because it always cashed and cashed and cashed. Even when they lost that 94 NFC Championship game at San Francisco, it was a spectacle to watch of 8 to 88. Would you fall behind 21 to 3? Yeah. And here you came, and you almost pulled it out, and Dion got away with a little arm bar pass interference. And Barry Switzer got a little over-emotional, ran onto the field and got a 15-yard penalty, and that was that. But you were positioned to come all the way back because of 8 to 88. Troy Aikman, I'm spoiled. We can do better than Dak. You say we could do a whole lot worse. I got you. But we can do better than Dak Prescott because he's now fallen to two and five in the postseason right on schedule yesterday. When I, I actually least expected it, he turned back into quote unquote playoff Dak. It's hard to watch because in the first half, he goes 13 of 21 
for 87 yards and two interceptions, one a pick six, the other one could have been a pick six. And he and CD fell completely apart. I don't know why we're going to go head on with it in just a few minutes here. We'll go deeper into it, whatever we know about it. But in the first half, CD Lamb was thrown seven footballs. He caught two for 18. It's just wrong. Something went completely off the rails between those two Early. in the first half after over the last 12 games, they had been the dominant duo in all of pro football. Right. I, I don't know. I, I know that, that Dak, two years ago, going back to the home playoff loss to Jimmy G and the 49ers, he just, I don't know, he wasn't ready to play. He came on a little bit late and actually looked like he could have a throw into the end zone. We were down 25 to 20 to maybe pull out a Hail Mary of a miracle, and we couldn't get the ball spotted because he ran a little too far on what was sort of a quarterback draw up the middle. And then last year at San Francisco, the defense came to play. It was 19 to 12. We held Brock Purdy in that offense to 19 points at their place, and Dak threw two second-quarter interceptions, and we couldn't dig back out of the hole. I, I don't know. I To me, Richard, yeah, you, you said, don't. what's the definition of insanity? What did you tell me to open the show? What What is it? You you keep going back to the same, same well over and over. over and over and over again. And I, I, I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it. And I, I get you. But but listen, would I like to see Trey Lance get a shot? Once upon a time, the two Shanahan's, yep. the two greatest minds in coaching today said, we love Trey Lance and we're going to trade the sun and the moon to go get him. And he got hurt. And they he got, got rid of him. Okay, they Same did. But he never got, got off to the right. right start. And he was in the wrong place at the Skip, wrong time. Skip, I Skip. got it. I, I, yeah. as, as, as a guy, as a guy who, who would love to see this just to sit on this show and, and laugh in your face, put Trey Lance in and develop him and, and do that and put your franchise on Trey Lance. I would pay a lot of money to see that. And then when it goes bad and and Dak Prescott's having the same success somewhere else, Skip, I will sit here and say, I told you so, because you can't name me six, seven quarterbacks who've had more playoff success. Playoff success isn't for everybody, Skip. There's not a ton of quarterbacks in the league that have playoff success. There's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are two and five. I mean, what is Lamar Jackson? Is he he one and three, one and four? And he's a great quarterback in the National Football League. There's a lot of quarterbacks that go to this playoffs and don't have success. Right, but what you've done for Lamar now to give him an, a different opportunity, you went and said, you let's get you some new people. New offensive coordinator. Let's right. get you a new system because this is unlike basketball. When we see a guy go in and have playoff issues, you know, we've talked about the James Harden, guys like that who have playoff issues. You can't go in and protect those guys in the NBA. You have to shoot and make that shot. Ain't nothing we can do to hide that. Nothing we can do to try to work around that. But I can get the right head. I can get the right offensive guy to help Dak Prescott right. in playoff games. Okay. I can get the guy that can make run. You can have plays called like what we saw Houston get called and have some guys running wide open. Or what we saw Jordan Love have running wide open. We can get guys that can put with Dak Prescott that can help him have some of those opportunities and better his playoff opportunity, just like we're going to see with Lamar Jackson. All right. So allow me to cap this off by saying, to Cowboy Nation, please don't get caught up in Dak's second half yesterday because he is the classic empty calorie garbage time quarterback because he went 28 of 39 in the second half for 316 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. And obviously at one point we were down 48 to 16. CD caught seven balls for 92 yards in the second half alone, but it's all for naught because we were already so far behind. And they were playing zone, and they, they gave they were, you all the underneath I, stuff, and you start connecting I, on the underneath stuff. And what happened at Philadelphia in the fourth quarter? I kept telling you, Dak threw for 173 yards on a bad defense that has bitten them in the butt all year long, but you got to stay in bounds. you you got to make this play or that play, and he's not that guy. Matt LaFleur said after the game that Jordan Love is that dude. I've never thought of Dak as that dude, but but he's pretty good. And if we want to stay pretty good, we, we need to sign him long term. Okay. There's, there's very few in the league better than him. And and you're not going to find you're not getting Patrick Mahomes. You're not yeah. getting Burrow. You're not getting Josh Allen. You're not getting Lamar. Yeah. So, so outside of those guys, 
Those yeah. are the proven. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so and now Richard, you got Stroud if, if a boy that Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud, they're coming uh, along uh, very, very uh, fast. Okay. Very fast. Jordan Love, the way he looked, and, and we'll talk about We're it. We're going to talk about I, it. Those are things that, that, that can't do. There are All things right. I saw Jordan Love do that. So, Jack Richard, if, if we sign Dak, giving the most money in the league for the next four years, then we're stuck with you laughing at That's us right when decision. it really matters. You'll be no, laughing you, 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 and laughing now, and now, laughing. Thank now, you. If you don't do it, if you don't do it, you'll be stuck with me laughing at you, but you never get to the games that really matter. You, you just not make the playoffs at all, and I'd be laughing. So, Skip, it's, you pick your poison. There's somebody right. out there better. Okay, we got to talk Lions, finally. By the way, thanks to a missed call, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash undisputed pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash undisputed pod. Your mental health journey begins here. The Lions held off the Rams last night to win their first playoff game since January the 5th of 1992. I was there when the Lions beat Michael Irvin's very young Dallas Cowboys without Troy Aikman at quarterback, 38-6. Last night it was Lions 24, Rams 23. Michael, what was your biggest takeaway from last night? And that was the last game, and I wanted to wait after that game before I really went in on the Cowboys because that was another game where the Rams were probably – everybody had the Rams winning that game going into Detroit. Now, first, I love the defending of the city and the home turf. And I wanted to see that fight in Detroit. We messed with Dan Campbell, knee-biting and all of that noise that he talked about when he first got hired. But you saw that fight in that team. You saw a knee-biting, fighting team. Agreed. And they were going to fight for Jared Goff. They understood the bigness of that with Matthew and fight against Matthew Stafford, who was coming home. That was the first thing. <clears throat> Before I can talk about what I saw in the skill, I enjoyed watching that great will, since we don't have it, mm-hmm. in Dallas, in that team. And, I mean, they executed. What I found was interesting was neither team ran the ball great. So this game came down to a Jared Goff in a Matthew Stafford. And Stafford was throwing some balls. Hey. He was making some incredible throws, man. He was making some incredible throws. But Jared Goff and that team stayed right in there. And they fought, they fought, they fought, and they won that game. You saw the enormity and what that game meant to that whole football team. They played that game in that city. When I watched Houston the day before, right, we all thought Cleveland going to Houston and maybe that team was too young. When I watched Clint Houston, I said, hmm, I can't make that mistake tomorrow. Now you see what that whole game meant to all of those guys on that team. They had come together and said, we're going to restore Houston. They restored Houston. They made a commitment one to another. They each was going to be for the other, and we were restored, and they did it. I saw that in Detroit. Even if the Rams had somehow made a last-second field goal, I still would salute Detroit mm. because they fought all they had, I was ready to salute them no matter what. But they found a way to win. They found a way to win. 
And that was the key. And that's what I'm saying my Dallas Cowboys need to do. Find a way to win in games like that. One more thing, even though the Rams lost, I wouldn't mind if my Dallas Cowboy found me a Puka neither. You know what I mean? Because a Puka rise above all of your um, systems, all of the systems. And that, that's what kept the Rams in yesterday. Detroit knows the system pretty good. They shut down Cooper Cup. He didn't do much. But Puka, this joker right here, was snatching balls and taking balls from everybody. I had my guy, I said, give me all the information I can about Puka. I didn't know that Puka means, that was his nickname as a kid, uh, little chubby kid. He has older brothers. Guy. He has older brothers, Sherm. His dad lost his dad at an early age. So he only had his older brothers. I said, this dude, I knew he had some deep fight in him. He had to fight his older brothers. They all played ball for all kinds of affirmation and confirmation because dad was no longer there. And you know, older brothers ain't giving it. I see all of this in him when he plays football. Go get me those kinds of players. That's all I want on my football team. You get me those kinds of players. Then you can bring me any coach and I can win with them. But if you can't bring me those kind of players, go get me a special coach because he's a hungry football player. And that's what Dallas needs. Mm. Hunger like him. Yeah, but when they get to Dallas, they get full. But I, I, I get, give Detroit a ton of credit. There was so much pressure on this team, so much pressure on Dan Campbell, so much pressure on Jared Goff. Uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams, Sean McVay, Raheem Morris came in with no pressure, no expectations. They had already overachieved, even getting into the playoffs with this roster that they had. <clears throat> you hear Sean McVay talk about finding, refinding and rekindling his love for coaching with this team because this is probably the best coaching job he and Raheem Morris have had to do in their coaching careers because they didn't have necessarily have the talent to start the year. You heard the, 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 the storylines coming out of L.A. and training camp is Stafford's too old. His wife's saying he can't relate, trying to relate to these young guys. And you look up and, and Puka Nakua has the greatest rookie season of any receiver in the history of the game. And, and, and they go to the playoffs and they're in <clears throat> Detroit. And I know the Detroit fans had to be sitting there like, not like this, not Stafford coming back to Detroit and right. beating us after never winning a playoff game for us and his entire great career here, but he's going to come back and put us out of the playoffs right. in our greatest <laughs> year in three decades. Like I was sitting there like, no, come on, Detroit. Right. Don't do this. Do not and do they this. Stood and they, they did not. Mm, they, they stood up. Right. They stood up. They made big plays down the stretch. Amon Ross St. Brown, the huge first down at the end mm. of the game. Um, uh, Jamison Williams, there was a uh, Reynolds who was, who was a Rams kind of, uh, uh, yep. giveaway. Yeah, uh, and, and he played spectacularly. Jared Goff played a really good game. And then defensively, they did enough. You know, we talked about the plays where guys are running wide open. Sean McVay can draw them up. Sean mm -hmm. McVay, and he mm -hmm. has Mike LaFleur, another LaFleur mm -hmm. as his offensive coordinator who left San Francisco and then went to New York. And then, so if you want, this is a, this is a, 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 right. a memo for the entire league. You want a great offense, then you look in the Kyle Shanahan, McVay tree, and you'll find it. Kevin O'Connell is doing a lot of the similar things that, that they've done. But if yep. you look in those trees, you'll find Bobby Slowicks of the world, the Mike McDaniels of the world. Um, right now, I think you got Clint Kubiak, who's, who's, who's the son of, the, the, uh, of Kubiak. And they, they find a way to draw up this West Coast offense that Bill Walsh created, that Bill Walsh was the innovator of, and they find new ways to dress it up and be really effective right. in this new day and age. And that's what they've done. But Ben Johnson, who's a coordinator for the Detroit Lions, is finding a different way, and it's just as creative and just as effective. It is. Agreed. Okay, quick thought on Puka that Michael talked about. He ran a 4.640 coming out of college. He four, went in the six. fifth he round. He ended the year with 105 receptions, 1,486 okay. yards, all rookie records. So they list him at 6.2205. He plays much bigger than, than that, and he plays much faster than 4.6 because I saw a stat. He had Those are my comps, yeah, too, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. That's but, exactly. But he, had the, he recorded the sixth fastest miles per hour with a football under his arm. Right. 
yards after catch in the league this year, the sixth fastest. So if you, it's like Emmett. You put a football under his arm. Emmett, he was a 4640. Jerry Rice ran 4740. But you put a football under his arm and you can't catch him. And we That's put a running football. from them four big brothers right. with that football in his there arm. There you go. That's <laughs> what that Which is. brings us to the last Rams play of the game, the third and 14 throw. If we could see this to Puka, Detroit got away with a jersey grab. Right. And, and even he almost crazy. pulled that one down, too. He almost pulled it down. It's catchable, but he gets a jersey tug. If you can right see, here. Right. he's pulled. He pulled him backward. Right. And Puka won it. See, there's the tug. There's the tug. And you can't the, tell in, me in that league. didn't yeah. hinder him a yeah. little bit. Oh, no, that hindered him. That yeah. hindered him right on the rise up, too. So you, 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 you're exploding up and you feel that weight, and you got to oh. try to catch that ball. That's, that, 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 yeah, that okay. should have been a call. Okay, so if you give him that call, all of a sudden they are definitely in field goal range because they ended up having a punt on the, the fourth and sixteen. And if they get the field goal, this would be a little under – they'd run a few more plays. They probably could have got down, I don't know, two and a half minutes left. And then we were seeing what Jared Goff had in him. And maybe he had it last night because he played mentally tough football the whole night. That was not the typical right. Jared Goff unravel. Well, he had one play that I said, oh, what are you doing? You know, when he was doing – and then he kind of took the ball out and threw it both hands backwards. I'm like, what are you doing? Just but take he got away with it. But he got away yeah. with it. He fell on it. And, but that was the knucklehead. And listen, in the end, that was a headbanger's ball last night because they were getting after each other. And Matt Stafford showed incredible toughness because yeah, on the did. one play where he got sacked and he bounced his head off the ground, took a shot in the ribs, goes in the tent, comes right back out, and here they go again. I, you know, but I was with the announcer. His eyes looked like they rolled back in the yeah, head on that peak. And, I, you know, so I know they I, – I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was – yeah, I was worried about But, it. you know, the Lions had yeah. been robbed at Dallas before. They got robbed in a playoff game against Romo. Remember that call? It was a weird late call in that game. And then they got robbed this year at Dallas in the regular season game. So maybe they deserved a call. And I was happy for them, as you guys yeah. were, that they broke through. Yeah, but do you hear what you heard what he said yeah. right after yeah. the game? Aiden Hutchinson, all the guys say, we wanted Dallas. But we'll they take, we'll take I don't blame them. another yeah. game at home as a constellation. As constellation. But we wanted Dallas. Find me players that want people. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't mean to bring everything back to Dallas. But, 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 find, but find me a Puka. No. Find me somebody they, like this. Find me find Aiden Hutchins. But they ate their food before they worried about Dallas. That, that's the difference. They, they, right. they ate the food on their plate before they looked at the next meal. And, and, and this is the football gods correcting the, the transgression that happened in Dallas. Dallas should have lost that game. Detroit should be the number two seed and should have had two home games. Things worked out. Detroit has two home games. Maybe yeah. that, that, that's just it, it always out. works out like it should. The NFL God said, we got you. No mercy.